Damn, we are really winding down here on the 2022 March Marathon. It's Sunday. It's the final day of Elite Eight action over on the men's side. The Elite Eight gets started on the women's side tonight. And on this episode, speaking of the women's Elite Eight, I got my preview of maybe... I mean, we talk about Creighton. They got a big upset over Iowa earlier in this tournament, but could they top that tonight? Pulling off an even more insane upset over the number one overall seed, South Carolina, and become the first ever double-digit seed to reach the Final Four. I'll have my preview of that, and what you're going to hear almost immediately, my recap of... UConn women's Sweet 16 win over Indiana and Villanova punching their ticket to the Big Easy for another Final Four under newly minted Hall of Famer Jay Wright. So welcome into the igloo, y'all. Let's start with the UConn women taking on the Indiana Hoosiers out in Bridgeport. Again, virtual home game. UConn started off up three, and Indiana got some momentum going into the locker room on a last-second three by Alexa Golby. But UConn shook it right off as they scored the first 16 points of the second half. And that really set the tone. UConn, that 20-point lead they built up, that was the most they would lead by in this game. And unlike their second-round game against UCF, the Huskies cruised to a victory this time, 75-58. Balance the story of this game yet again. And when it comes to UConn's bench, more often than not, it's going to help win them the game. Indiana's bench only got one point, and it was from the free throw line in garbage time from little use freshman Caitlin Peterson. UConn got 13 from the bench. But this balance scoring effort, Kristen Williams, Paige Beckers, each with 15. And by the way, Paige Beckers, in the second quarter, went down holding her knee, and I think you could take the air out of the arena when that happened, but, you know, she played through it and played well. AZ Fudd with 13 points, although she cooled off in the second half. She had nine points in the first half, all from behind the arc, only four points in the second half, all from the free throw line. Olivia Nelson Adota, double-double, 10 points, 14 rebounds. And Aaliyah Edwards was one point away from a double-double. She had 10 rebounds and 9 points. And then off the bench, 6 from Avina Westbrook. Nika Mule hit a big 3 in the second quarter. Was it this? I don't know. I can't remember the second quarter. But And then Caroline Ducharme with 4 bench points in 8 minutes. And Dorga Yuha, shockingly, was only, played, only was used for 3 minutes the whole game. Kind of surprising. UConn didn't shoot it particularly well from three at five for 20, but they held Indiana to just three for nine 
UConn from the free throw line also wasn't very good. 8 for 14 compared to Indiana was 9 for 13. Well, so on the rebounding department, UConn out-rebounded the Hoosiers 39-27, but on the offensive glass, it was 15-2. Big, big difference maker. And then turnovers, Indiana 15, UConn 9. Indiana shot better at nearly 48%. UConn right around 46%. Leading the way for the Hoosiers with 16 was Allie Patberg, the senior. I mean, it was a great senior class that took its final bow for the Hoosiers in this game. 13 from Grace Berger. A dozen from Mackenzie Holmes, who was not a senior. And then they got nine from Nicole Cardano-Hillary. And then seven from Alexa Golby. So the Huskies, no surprise, they're going back to the Elite Eight. And they're going to take on, well, at first everyone thought it was going to be Notre Dame because Notre Dame was putting a hurting on NC State. And then the Wolfpack, they rallied, outscoring the Fighting Irish 20-10 to in the fourth and 15-4 to in the last four minutes or so, punctuated by a steal and layup from Reina Perez. So yeah, the Elite Eight matchup set in Bridgeport for Monday night, UConn, NC State. And then last night, Villanova on the men's side, they punched their ticket to the Final Four, the first team to punch their ticket in the men's tournament. It was a really low over-under, by the way. It was 127. By the way, Houston being favored, ridiculous. I mean, I thought 127 was low, but man, the, the point total went way, way under. Matter of fact, the teams failed to crack 100. Stories of the game, Houston held to just one for 20 from behind the arc. Both teams <laughs> were under 30% for the game. But Villanova, thanks to 15 of 15 from the free throw line, And then on the turnovers, I mean, both teams turn it over 10 times. But again, free throw shooting, three-point shooting make a difference. Villanova punches their ticket to the Final Four, 50-44 over the Cougars. Jermaine Samuels, a double-double, 16 points, 10 rebounds. And in this tournament, he's averaging 8.5 boards a game. Off the bench, Caleb Daniels with 12 points and 6 rebounds, 4 for 16 from the floor, 2 for 7 from behind the arc. Colin Gillespie only had six points. That was it. One for six from the floor. 0 for four from behind the arc. Eric Dixon, six points, nine rebounds. Two for six from the floor. Only two points. All from the free throw line from Brandon Slater. Other than that, he was 0 for four. All from behind the arc. And then Justin Moore, 37 minutes played. Eight points. Two for 10 from the floor. Two for four from behind the arc. And unfortunately, you know, he injured his leg late in that game. And the way in which he went down... You, you can't help but think the worst. I mean, he's definitely going to be done for the rest of the tournament. But you're fear, fearing now. It was eerily similar to the injury that Kevin Durant suffered back in the 2019 finals. And that was that was an Achilles injury. So I can't help but fear for the worst. I'm, I'm praying for Justin. And 
Villanova is going to be hard for them to rally, um, knowing how short their bench is. But most likely, Caleb Daniels is going to replace Justin Moore in the starting lineup in time for the Final Four. And Caleb Daniels going to be going back home. He's from New Orleans and will be returning to the Big Easy for this Final Four run. Now, leading the way for Houston, 15 from Taze Moore. And he was the only Cougar to make a three. He was one for five from behind the arc. He also had 10 rebounds for a double-double and then six for 21 from the floor. Nine points from Jamal Shedd. Off the bench, seven points from Jawan Roberts. Four points each from Kyler Edwards. And UConn transfer Josh Carlton. Only two points from Fabian White Jr. And then the only other Cougar to score. Three points off the bench from Reggie Chaney. So Villanova, third Final Four since 2016. Again, third Final Four, last six tournaments. That's impressive. So Villanova punching their ticket to the Final Four yet again. So, the Elite Eight's concluding on the men's side today. But on the women's side, it's just getting started. And the first Elite Eight game that you're going to see, 7 Eastern on ESPN, 10C Creighton trying to make history. Against the number one team in the country, the South Carolina Gamecocks, led by National Player of the Year frontrunner, Aaliyah Boston. Now, with this matchup, by the way, South Carolina is a 13.5 point favorite. Pretty disrespectful to the Jays. They're going to put up a fight. The only big question mark is Creighton has been able to handle the guard matchups in each of their first three games. With Caitlin Clark, the multitude of guards for Iowa State, and Hollingshed for Colorado. But what are they going to do against a dominant big like Aaliyah Boston? The most dominant big in the country. Creighton's an undersized team, and Aaliyah Boston stands at six foot five. I think you're going to have to do it by committee between Emma Ronzik, Carly Batchelor. I mean, the thing is, their tallest player, well, players, stand at six foot one. That's their tallest. And it's between Ronzik, Morgan Molly, and Little and Redshirt, players going to Redshirt, Lexi Unruh. So the only you only got two players at six one, Molly and Ronzik, and then standing at least six feet tall are Carly Bachelor and Mallory Brake. That's it. I mean, the, on paper, yeah, that matchup spells trouble. But Creighton is in the Elite Eight for a reason. But in the same vein, South Carolina is the number one team in the country. For a reason. Now I know they got beat. In the regular season by Missouri. And then in the SEC tournament by Kentucky. So the way I see it. South Carolina sure as hell ain't invincible. And if Missouri could beat them. 
and Missouri wasn't even in the tournament this year, who's to say that Creighton can't beat South Carolina or that it's impossible for Creighton to beat South Carolina? Now that this is the first official year where March Madness, the March Madness name has been applied to the women's tournament, this might be the year where we see the most madness arguably ever. You know, Creighton was the first, well, the, just the fourth 10 seed to reach the Elite Eight. And they got a chance now to become the first ever 10 seed to reach the final four, the other three double-digit seeds. Lamar in 1991, Gonzaga in 2011, and Oregon in 2017 all lost in the Elite Eight. So Creighton could be on the brink of history. However, you know, I'm going to be rooting for them hardcore tonight. Not just for the Big East, but I mean, the fact that, again, I mentioned the story from the Big East tournament just a few weeks ago, how they're, a few of their coaches listen to every single episode, and I hope they're listening to this maybe before tip-off. They probably won't. You want to be locked in for a league lead a game. I understand. So maybe they'll hear this afterward. But my heart wants Creighton, but my brain is telling me South Carolina. And I think South Carolina... So first of all, if you're going to bet this game, take Creighton covering. Period. I feel like that's about as much of a lock as I could possibly conceive in my mind. So yeah, I'm going to take, I would take Creighton covering, but South Carolina will end up winning the game. I really believe it will be in the single digits. I've seen this Creighton team up close and personal. I've watched them on TV throughout this tournament run. They have what it takes. And again, they won in a hostile environment, Iowa City, in the second round. You think they're going to be scared of South Carolina on a neutral court? Granted, it's in Greensboro, and you're going to see more, you know, more scarlet than blue? Hell no. South Carolina will win, but Creighton sure as hell ain't going to back down. So, that's going to do it for this episode of the Igloo. I mean, I know it's a short one, but again... We're dwindling down. Eight teams left on the women's side, just six on the men's side in the NCAA tournament. However, WNIT and men's NIT games are going to be coming up. WNIT Elite Eight Seton Hall is visiting Columbia Monday night, and I got an interesting scoop regarding their good luck charm that I actually noticed at the Big East tournament. I hadn't noticed it all year, well, during the stretch run in February till I saw him saw this good luck charm at the Big East tournament. I'll I'll talk about that and how how I at least I've seen it propel them into this stage of the WNIT. And then Tuesday night, men's NIT final four tips off at Madison Square Garden with Xavier taking on St. Bonaventure. And what should be an electric game between two really good teams that just didn't make the tournament and are really talented. And then It's going to be an electric atmosphere on the world's most famous arena too. So that is what's coming up in the near future here on the Igloo. Thanks for tuning in once again. Again, make sure to watch Creighton 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN in their Elite Eight showdown with 
Aliyah Boston and the number one overall seed in this year's tournament, the South Carolina Gamecocks. Again, that'll be emanating from the historic Greensboro Coliseum. So, again, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Hope you've enjoyed the marathon so far. The marathon, you know, slowly but surely is coming to a conclusion as, you know, we're on day 27. The month officially ends on Thursday, and then, yeah, then we start with April and uh, (laughs) April Fool's Day. I promise I won't be dishing out an April Fool's Day joke for this show. As much as I would love to, being a, a, a fan of the Practical Jokers, and B, just being a jokester myself in general, nah, I'll spare you this time. I promise. So thanks for tuning in once again. Again, 7 Eastern, ESPN, Creighton, South Carolina. Tune in.